Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, this is the Pro Wrestling Show, and this is our Progress Hello Wembley special. Now, uh, the reason I'm doing a little intro at the front is just to to clean up and clarify a few things before the show starts. We decided almost on the day to do a bit of an experimental show as the show goes on. So in today's show, you're going to get interviews with a number of the talent and and the people who run Progress uh, from the start, from before the show started. You're going to get our immediate reactions to some matches and our kind of interval and full-time thoughts as well. Um, It may not work. It was an experiment and uh, there were certainly some technical issues. Some things got a little messy. Um, But all in all, it was good fun and and hopefully you enjoy it and you can give us some feedback at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter and on Instagram uh, or leave a review on iTunes. Ideally, only do that if it's five stars or whatever. You know, that's what they normally say on podcasts, isn't it? Um... So yeah, and you'll also see that, uh, just a couple of bits of, of housekeeping beyond that, our original plan was to do a little review and preview after each match, and we thought it was just too loud in Wembley to actually pull that off. Turns out that these super cheap microphones that I own are actually incredible, and as you'll hear, we probably could have done that, but we abandoned that after Matt Riddle, and we do that for half time, then we move on to doing a half-time and full-time instead. Uh, and the other thing is, and I know this from my other podcast about the NFL, that when you accidentally leave swearing in and you don't warn people, sometimes people listen to a podcast, say when they're driving their kids in the car and you get an earful on social media about the F's and Jeff's that you left in there. So just a warning, there is quite a bit of swearing in this show. Most of it comes from the talent involved. Mark Haskins, it turns out, is an absolute potty mouth. And unsurprisingly, Paul Robinson is as well. Uh, but some of it comes from me and John as well. So, um, yeah, apologies. I'll mark it explicit on iTunes and everywhere else. But, uh, yeah, just maybe don't listen to this one with your kids. Or do, if you don't mind them hearing a few swears. All right, with that in mind, let us know your thoughts. This was our first ever attempt at doing a live show special. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with... TalkSport, and we are a little bit of a special show for you today because we're at Wembley Arena. We're going to be doing every single match as and when they happen for Progress's huge Wembley show throughout the day, just giving our immediate reactions, uh, but we're headed off now to the media area to go and speak to Paul Robinson, to Glenn and Jim, to Mark Haskins, Vicky Haskins, Doug Williams, so much to cram into the show. John, how So much to cram into my mouth. I've, I've just got a chicken burger. Um... <laughs> Because I've, I just fancied it. Yeah, I'm really excited for this, as you might be able to tell, as I've had a couple of beers. 
already, already half cut. Uh, we're going to go and check out the merch stand. We're going to get into the arena because we're not far off from the Battle Royal to kick things off. I cannot wait. Hashtag hello Wembley. Right, we are now in the arena and first of all, it is unbelievable in here. Just, I, I felt a little bit emotional coming in and seeing just the number of seats, the number of people, the progress ring with their new ring mat, all in there ready to go. Um, John. Yes. <laughs> there were, now, some of our eagle-eared listeners will notice that's not John. I'm very excited. Do you know why? Go on. My all-time favourite, Isla Dawn, is about, uh, probably about 10, maybe 8 metres from us. Ali Moore, who is former silver winner in the <laughs> Student Radio Awards Best Male, is, uh, is alongside me instead. Because John had four beers in the pre-match press stuff and is now feeling a little bit like he needs a toilet and a little bit half cut and the show hasn't even started yet. Hang on a second, I can see that Isla Dawn is now talking to the guy from the Daily Star down here and uh, as uh, same feelings as John, uh, yeah, very nice lady. Isla uh, is sat near us, as is Killer Kelly, as is Charlie uh, Morgan. We saw quite a few wrestlers uh, in the little area where our press is We're sat. in a great area. Oh, this is fantastic. Our seats are amazing. Thank you so much to the guys from Progress for hooking this all up. Right, let's go to the pre-match press conferences. Let's start off, first of all, let's hear from Glenn and from Jim, who it's fair to say were... Overwhelmed. Yeah, I think that's a, the right way of putting it ahead of the event getting underway. Toby from uh, WRW Pod, like a small question for you guys. Do you think you'll ever be able to run shows in central London? No, never. It will never happen. Um, we'll definitely never be able to run shows in London. It's a frankly stupid idea trying to run shows in London. We definitely can't get several thousand people to come to a show in London, let alone 350 people on March the 25th, 2012. We definitely can't do that it will never happen i'm really glad that we listened to that promoter who told us it was a stupid idea and it would never happen and definitely had no ulterior motive when he told us to not set up a wrestling promotion that's gonna look great in text yeah <laughs> lucky for you guys i can't type <laughs> yes I can't read, so yes, it balances out. I wonder why you weren't paying any attention to our booking instructions. It's like John Trump's pictures. I go, uh, Volta, uh, Mark Askins, yeah. Good. Anybody else? Uh, what is it for you that makes wrestling such an exciting part for Oh God. Oh, how long have you got? Um, go on, theatre boy. Answer oh, this one. Um, one of the big things I've noticed recently is that they've always joked about anybody who's ever produced wrestling. There's no off season. And there isn't, it's a completely cyclical thing. So the art of it really is to constantly reinvent itself. It's not like you go, season finale, that's 12 weeks off then. It really is, it's a, the constant evolution of it, like as an art form. And the fact that it's changed so much over the years as well, if you look from the Attitude era to, era to what ECW did, to then if you like the PG era to where we are now, where it's kind of like the lines are slightly blurring and you know, there's certain companies where there's no blood, but they'll allow somebody to elbow somebody in the head. You know, that it's kind of like, where, where are the rules now? And the parameters and the rules in wrestling have changed so much so. I mean, you know, we're running Wembley Arena. That's pretty mental as it is. So yeah. obviously the art forms that we're involved in are different to, to where they were. We, could, we couldn't have done this 10 years ago. There wasn't the scene. And we're, we're part of this scene that's kind of, British wrestling is, for, well, no, I'm gonna say, I think it's the hottest independent, like, in, in the world, the, 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 like um, the melting pot, if you like, the, the British melting pot. So to be involved in that and to see so many different companies who do different things, there's something for everybody in wrestling now. Whereas there always used to be kind of like, hey, here's what you see on telly. Now, I know somebody tweeted like recently, you know, America have to wait 
you know, like, oh, there's a, there's a show 300 miles away once every six weeks. And then we're like, oh, yeah, there's one in my working men's club on every single estate in my city tonight, which is wonderful. That's brilliant for the scene. And it's great for the guys as well, because it's not just us as promoters. This is full-time. Most of our roster now are full-time professional wrestlers. And that's insane that we'll be able to do that. Yes, sir. Uh, Matty from TWM News. What was your, like, first reaction when you stepped out in the arena and saw all the, all the like, the stage and everything? I did a little poo. <laughs> Not much of one. I do every single show at the ballroom. I go out and look at the queue and go, oh, people are coming. And I know they are because we sold the show out. But like, I went out there and went, there's a lot of seats. Ooh, I hope there's people sat in them. And I know there is because we've sold nearly all of them. So well, it's I, not a problem. I came in yesterday after they, they did the game. John was here from 8 a.m. I came in yesterday evening after I finished doing some other business. And the first thing I got, I did that kind of gulp where it's like, it was a proud gulp, but it was still a gulp. Like, are we going to be able to, to fill this? And like Jim's just said, we know the people are coming. When you look at the vastness of it, and compared to where we came from, like you mentioned earlier on, that going from uh, uh, the, before the ballroom, the garage, the ballroom, we thought Brixton was the biggest we'd ever do. I'm sure like some people here were at Brixton when we did the academy. Now to be like, double that, that's just mind-blowing. And it was quite emotional as well, because the three of us spend an awful lot of time together. And most of the people I've worked with in my career I do genuinely hate, <laughs> and that's the same now. Um, and but we we managed to be able to do this. I think between the three of us, uh, we haven't yelled at each other today, which is good. Today, it's a stressful day. Normally, we would have yelled yeah, at each other. No, I, mean, I don't need I've to. yelled at other people, but I haven't yelled at you. I'm, I'm not yelling at anyone. I mainly haven't seen you, so that's why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like we are, we are, we're quietly proud. But for me, it's more like I want every single wrestler who's wrestled for us to be able to perform today. So there's an air of frustration as well because we didn't just, it wasn't just the three of us, this is built off the backs of everybody who's ever performed for oh, us, yeah. male or female. We're and a small part of it, wrestlers are the big part. Yeah, and now they're reaping the rewards of having come through companies like this, because like I said, you know, now they're full time. This is amazing, it's such a time to be involved, such a great time to be involved in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Which match are you both respectively most looking forward to, obviously? Uh, main event, uh, because it's Walter and Tyler, and I think they're two of the best wrestlers in the world. I, I, I think a lot of people on our card are some of the best wrestlers in the world. But I think Tyler is absolutely wonderful. I think Walter is absolutely wonderful. And I think those guys will kill each other for our entertainment and we'll have a great time. Um, uh, so for me, that's that's what I'm into as a wrestler, uh, a wrestling fan. Um, what about you? Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews because of the year-long story that went into it. I think in terms of long-term, Storytelling in terms of the investment that those guys have put into it, the creativity, the, the the stuff that they've, you know, they've done to each other, the way it's transcended wrestling and moved into obviously their, their personal lives and the band and you know, for me it's just all encompassing. Like when when that when the vignette got played the other day, I know it, it was it's the longest vignette we've ever produced, and it had to be that long in order to cram the a years within. It would have felt like we were doing it a disservice. So definitely Eddie and Mark. Um, you've obviously gone Brixton, Ali Pali and now Wembley. Um, what would you say is next for Progress Wrestling? Does it get bigger? Maybe if we were allowed. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, if we never did a show as big as this again, I'd still be super proud if we only ever did the ballroom ever again. Um, but I think obviously when you set a precedent on something like this, it's like, okay, what is next? And it's the question, when I've been doing a lot of press, it's the thing people keep asking me and like, I don't know. 
we need to not just see, it's not just about how many tickets you sell, we need to see how happy our fan base is with the show today. Like when we first did Ali Pali, people liked it enough for us to want to do Super Strong Style there the, uh, uh, this year. And that's like, like, that was because the fans liked it there. And if the fan experience today is as strong as the wrestling in the ring will be and as strong as we're, uh, we're happy with with ticket sales, then there's potential for us to do it again or to try and do a similar sort of size arena. But it's not it isn't, really what like we're said, about. It isn't just numbers and the bodies and seats, it's about the fan experience. I think fans happy. I mean, there are plenty, just trust me lads, there are plenty of them ladies, sorry. Uh, there are plenty of people here who, uh, who may know this already. There's not a lot of venues in London. And there's a lot of venues we could have run, which would have been absolutely terrible for fan experiences. So I think it's always about that. One, people want to come back because they trust us to put on a, a bit. Like, there's little things we learned at Ali Pali the first time that we changed for the next time. I'm sure that if we were to come back to Wembley, there's definitely going to be lessons we'd learn today. Yeah. Like, you know, hire more people. <laughs> <laughs> we legit don't know. Like, like yeah. we know we're always going to put shows on at the ballroom, for example. We know that, but we don't really... Like people think we must have like some business plan or goals or something like that. We haven't got a clue what we're doing. We just roll with it. We just roll with it and we've ended up here. And don't forget, we've ended up here not because we went after Wembley, but Wembley came after us. That's the real groundbreaking thing about this show, is we're an independent wrestling company and we got asked to do this venue. A venue that WWE normally do, that TNA have done, and back in the uh, World of Sport days, where the uh, All-Star, etc. were doing it but no one's been asked like us to do it since. And for us to be asked by Wembley Arena is, is insane. And it's, it's properly humbling as well. Yeah. Like that, that, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling, but like, it goes to show that over six years, we've, like, we've, we've come on a, a very, very long way, but we never expected to, this was never the plan. No, no, the plan was, let's not have loan sharks take off thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just, it's, it's got a bit better than that. I just wanted nobody to ever hijack our ring on the way to the venue, like proper Brit rest. <laughs> <laughs> like the good old days. That was Glenn, uh, Glenn and Jim, the, you know, the men behind, alongside John Brearley, behind Progress. Uh, and after that, Glenn stuck around and we got a chance to, to chat to Doug Williams. And well, I asked the first question, so let's hear from me first. You. Doug, for you as someone who has been so key in the British independent scene for, for so long. Sure. Seeing put on a show somewhere at Wembley Arena, biggest show in 30 years. Yeah. What's that like for you? Uh, a kind of validation of my uh, endeavour to keep British uh, wrestling at the forefront of um, everybody's minds globally. To you know, this I mean, this kind of shows that the talent is there. You know, the business is there. The support is there by the fans, and. I mean, it's an amazing experience, amazing feeling for me. I get to perform in front of all those fans, but for the whole of British Wrestling and all the other talent that are involved, it's, it's, I mean, it's something really special. You can't, can't put it into any more words than that, really. I think somebody who may be looking at some of the talent that I off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody right now, but I know that some of them have only been wrestling for maybe two or three years. Sure. When you were two or three years into your career, yeah. how many people were you wrestling in front of? Well, I don't think I even got out of the holiday camps by that point, you know what I mean, really, honestly. And yeah, your average attendance was maybe 100, 200 at yeah. shows like that. You know, the, when I started, the business was dead in the water, ultimately. You know, it was hanging on by, you know, by its fingertips to the edge of a big precipice, you know. And yeah. It's managed to claw and put its way back onto the, back onto the top and it's running up the mountain as fast as possibly can. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Hi, Doug. Hi. So, like Toby from uh, WR and So, I see, like, you've always been there, like, since the holiday camps, the Bucklings, the WWE impersonations that we all grew up seeing. Right. Why do you think British wrestling has grown to the stage that it is now? What has made it suddenly explode? It's a, com a combination of a lot of things, really. Um, first of all, the talent is there now. Um, talent's always been quite technically proficient in England and pretty good. But now they're, you know, they're much more rounded. They, everybody knows their character. Everybody looks apart. Everybody can tell a great story. You know, they're much more rounded now. On the flip side, promoters are doing a much better job now of presenting a product that people want to see. You know, and using social media and you know the modern forms of promotion to really get products out there. Um, and I think really now you've got an audience that have grown up watching the family shows they're younger, they reach a sort of age in their 20s and now they're getting a product they want to watch as well. So sustaining that growth and bringing in new fans as well has helped it to explode. This all kind of come together in kind of a, a golden melting pot, no worries. Yes sir. Right, I'm going to start. You're going to be stadium opposite. Is British Wrestling ever going to be able to sell out Wembley again? Don't think of Wembley Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that's your next, that's your next. Big, big. If it crosses over into the mainstream and you get that star that can do that, it's always a possibility, I think. You know, you need that, you need that crossover appeal, don't you? I think, you know? I think it's a very, it's a super interesting question. Yeah. Because the WWE haven't run Wembley Stadium in Again, God knows yeah. how many years. Yeah. Um, the, uh, well, well, so, so nearly about the same time it's been since a British wrestling company run Wembley Arena for yeah. context. So that's. That's a big ask. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say that isn't a huge ask. Do I think it'll happen in the next ten years? Probably not. In the next 30, 40, if we keep going the way we're going and people keep being clever about marketing and being savvy and that wrestling stays relevant and it stays like as an art form, it keeps evolving in order to make itself, you know, attractive to a new market of people coming through. And indeed, like Doug says, to use the marketing techniques that are available now to us that weren't there. You know, we live we live on, you know, this is the remote control to our lives now. And if you're not able to easily access stuff that way, then, you know, I guess just following up on that, you mentioned we need a star with mainstream mainstream appeal. Obviously, yourself excluded. Is there anywhere else who you think you've got? <laughs> I don't know. You know. That's a very difficult thing to say, isn't it? Um, what, well, what? that isn't that is an interesting question. Yeah. There's there are, there are there are certain characters coming through now who I think ma mainstream appeal can be both as as a good guy and a villain. If you're somebody like Spike Trevay at this stage in your career when you're so young and you're, you're able to get that reaction. It also depends as well, because you mentioned, of course, it's the different the characteristics that go into making a, a wrestler or a sports sure, entertainer. Sure. So you get one of those characters who, like Grado as an example. Yeah. Grado's moved into TV, he's moved into theater, he's moved into, so Grado's transcended wrestling. But obviously Grado's a, a talent for, for, for lots of other companies, obviously mm. he's just in World of Sport, etc. he's got been back on TV. He's obviously their biggest star. It's if, if now World of Sport are able to harness that like I think that, that that could go stratospheric using somebody like Grado. Um, Just because he appeals to the everyman as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's that. That's well, that's that's kind of where, it, and and we, we 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 are still living slightly in the the era of the antihero as well. Like yeah. Pete Dunne has never stopped being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs>
I promise John will come back eventually, but Ali Moore is still with me. I don't me. think John needs to come back. No, I think, Ali, do you want to replace John on the podcast permanently? Uh, I think now. Because I'm, honestly, I think that most <laughs> listeners would like it. I think now I'm going to replace John. Uh, I have to tell you one thing, though. Uh, I, I have some strong opinions about mo- a few wrestlers, but mainly one. Throw some out there. Well, you know, there's the one that I, you know, oh, that I don't yeah. really... How do you know. feel about Zack Sabre Jr.? Just go away. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it if we have to talk about that horrible human being. Yeah, well, we have to. So are you I think I'm actually now? allergic to Zack Sabre Jr. How, do you like the fact that just one row from the front, there's a guy stood up in a Zack Sabre Jr. zip-up hoodie situation? Hang on a second. I've just got to go talk to him. <laughs> well, the show's about to start. Oh, and we I'm haven't back, even heard from Paul Robinson yet. Or from Mark Haskins. So here's Mark Haskins, followed by Paul Robinson, and then we'll get into progress. You know, when uh, the main event didn't happen for me, like there was only one other possible position that I could possibly go to, and that's taking on arguably the hottest prospect in the world right now, which is Riddle. You know, like I think the guy's great. I think the guy's awesome, but it genuinely does boil my piss that like all that people are talking about going into this match is that it's his last indie match. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, like I said something online a few days ago, I'm not a fucking plus one. Do you know what I mean? This isn't just. Matt Riddle plus one in the ring, do you know what I mean? This isn't the Matt Riddle show, this is two of the best wrestlers in the entire world going at it. Do you know what I mean? We are both angry dudes who just want to get in there and get into a fucking scrap, and that's what tonight is going to be. Off the back of that, you had the Ring of Honor tour recently with Jay and that amazing main event you had uh, at the end of that. Another platform for you, this is another platform for you, so yeah, a great opportunity obviously to grab that. Do you see yourself over the next 12 months, maybe taking another opportunity, going to work internationally, something like that. Yeah, dude, on, always onwards and upwards, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I didn't expect wrestling to be uh, where it is now, like in, in regards to British wrestling, like the fact that today we are doing like, you know, Wembley, like that's insane. Like years ago, that didn't happen. You know, like I managed to wrestle here twice with TNA um, back in like 2011, 2012. At that point in time, it was unheard of for a British wrestling company to even have a crowd like, uh, you know, uh, 10% of what they drew back then. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that it, it now today is packed out with tons of fans coming to watch a British indie wrestling show is just, it, it's insane. So who knows where things are going to go within the next few months. Um, I didn't expect to be where I'm at now, like two years ago. And then, you know, the next year or the next two years, who knows where that's going to take me. Matty from TWM News, um, can't ask a question similar to a lot of people. Um, obviously, Mark, you've been here before. Um, Vicky, you've been here before when Mark's been here as well. Um, but stepping out there with this company, a company that arguably you're one of the faces of, that you've been there for the longest time, um, that you've put on your back on several occasions, even to this point now, when you stepped out there and saw that progress symbol up in lights in that arena, what was your, like, your first reaction, both of you? I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm like a magpie. I see, I'm like, I see flashing lights. I'm like, this is amazing. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just a, a screen with a logo on. But no, it's awesome. It's also very humbling to see where they came from. Do you know what I mean? Being in like the, the garage in Islington years ago. And, you know, I think I came in around chapter seven and just seeing them go from strength to strength to strength. So like now, like, you know, all it is is essentially a screen with like a logo. But still, like, that blows my mind that they've gone from like this small, like dingy little place to like, you know, a place like this is just, uh, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. What's well, cool is that, like, with uh, with progress going from the garage up to here, we've come as a family, and backstage we are a family, and all that has happened is this family has grown and grown and grown. And so seeing that in lights is just 
such a sense of accomplishment for everybody involved, from camera people to people doing PR to people doing social media to the rest of themselves. It's just, it's great because you're doing it with the people that you love as well. Yeah, that logo isn't just a brand, you know what I mean? That logo is the hard work of so many talented, passionate people, whether it be actual wrestlers, whether it be people behind the scenes, whether it be fans who come and like support British wrestling, you know what I mean? It's a combination of everybody's passion uh, coming together at the right time. So you've been in some fairly uh, violent matches in your time. What no. You, <laughs> no, no, this is where you got are actually idiots, right? I ain't joking either, you're stupid. Okay. You say I've had lots of violent matches. Recall one other hardcore match or death match that you've seen me have other than the last one with Jimmy Abbott. Go on. Go on. Yeah, yeah, that's one match. Got anyone else know of any others? No, 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 because I had one and then everyone else was scared to do it with me. Right? That's the thing, everyone's like, oh Paul, he done this, he done that, he done that, he's violent, he's angry. One match is all it took to make people go, hang on a sec, we don't want him to do it. All right? So this is the only place they're letting me do it. And I get to do it with someone like Jimmy Havoc, which is the best, because I'm going to kill the geezer. I mean, is, could that be a more perfect return to the ring after your time out in progress than Jimmy? No, not for me. This is this the only reason. I, I have no intention on coming back. I was happy doing what I was doing, and then it picks up with the Jimmy Abbott show, and it's all made about Jimmy Abbott and Will Ospreay, and I just had enough of it. Why, why, why is it always about them? Why is it always, Will, Will stop Jimmy Havoc? No, 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 Will took the belt. I ended Jimmy Havoc. Do you know what I mean? That is it. There's no one, there's no one else that had a part in it. It was me. I, I, I was by his side for a long, long time. I made sure he held onto that belt. I helped him out. I was his bitch for too long. And then all of a sudden, I was the one that stepped up. And like I said at the time, Jimmy's little bitch made Jimmy Havoc look a bitch. So Paul, you yeah. sort of mentioned that you've come back just for this match yeah. with Jimmy um, after tonight. What's, what's next for you in progress then? You'll see. Yeah, it ain't gonna end here. All right, that's one thing I tell everyone here. This ain't, this ain't Paul's coming back, he's gonna stop Jimmy Abbott and he's gone again. I'm back, and I'm back for fight, right? I've been given a second chance. A second chance I did not know I was gonna get. All right, I'm taking it with both hands and I'm running. And I've got those names, there's, there's people that I'm gonna, I've got, that I wanna fight, and I will fight them. And I'll make sure I can fight them. Because I've had to put up with John Briley, Jen, Glenn, and all that lot now for 18 months, licking arse, making sure I stay in contact, and I've done what I've needed to do to get to where I am right now. And that's all it's about, it's a necessity. And I want to fight, I need to fight, and I'm going to fight for progress. Outside of your match tonight, for someone who has continued to stay in touch with the company, work with them, doing stuff backstage and working with the wrestlers, just today as a whole, Wembley Arena, how proud is it for you oh, to see? I've got to be honest, straight up, I've been running around the place like a kid. It's like Christmas, isn't it? I've been, this is probably one of the few times I've been smiling most of the day, just because, <laughs> look at it, so, like, it's, it's great, so, oh, it's, it's immense, I can't, it's hard to put it into words, I, like, the best sort of, it's like a kid at Christmas, I've been waiting for this, and the, the week's dragged, then like, finish the day job Friday, it's like the weekend's here, and it's, oh mate, buzzing, I can't, I can't, I can't even explain it, so I was saying, all you. You're all experiencing it, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, this is, this is good. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I honestly don't get there was such a big deal made of, of All In, and obviously that was a huge deal, but this is a show almost the same size happening in the UK with almost entirely British talent. That's, for me, yeah, it's, compar it's definitely comparable. They're different. It's different. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, All In was great, though. It was good. <laughs> okay. I'm not slagging off, I'm just saying I think oh, this no, should be... No, no, like, no. Um, 
It was nice as well to see that sort of show about Will Ospreay. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to appear, and he's not here either. Huh? Um, yeah, no, no, I, I don't want to. I'm not. It's, it's all good, man. It's wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I'm just talking straight with you guys. Like, they don't base if there is a season two around Will Ospreay, then this bit stupid for me. Um, it's a shame almost that they recorded the first season and had to run with it no matter what because you see the reaction Osprey was getting it was like hang on if they'd known this after the first show and were able to rewrite and like redo it they could have based that whole first season for example I don't know how this works I'll never do this sort of thing. <laughs> um, for me imagine Will was chasing Rampage for that whole first season mm -hmm. like, that's money in it so, like, <laughs> that's for me so I reckon they dropped the ball a bit of it but they because of the way TV works and they pre-record this sort of Lawrence line and things, but yeah, Will, Will's Will. Thank you. Yeah, go on. Yeah, one more. I think besides President Trump, you're probably the most terrifying man in the world. Yeah. Uh, do you actually get off on really intimidating people? Yeah. Oh, mate, I've, yeah, it happens in, I can, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah I don't say too much, but. Yeah, I'd do it in real life as well. I'd, I mean, it's... why not? So, I mean, it's like that. It's, we're all a bully deep down. I, I mean, the worst thing is I've got kids, so I have to make sure I don't do it in front of them. And boys see me, like... Yeah, you see me do things I shouldn't. Like, for example, oh, here we go, sorry, I'll tell you a story. Right? So, uh, I'm pulling off my drive, I live on a dog's, like, a dog's leg, bend. Oh, this is where I live, used to live. The geezer's coming round, he's clipped my wind mirror, right? And I've got like, oh mate, it's still being recorded. Um, I've got like indicator on the wind mirror, so it's cracked a little bit. Company car, don't cost me nothing. Not to get repaired anyway. So I've turned around and I've gone down the road after him, right? And I'm like, he's pulled over his block of flats, I've pulled over. What the? What's that? You've hit? He didn't even know about it, the poor geezer, he's like in his 50s. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, what have you done? Look. And I'm, I'm going, look, there's a crack, there's a crack. Now I've got to pay for that, you mug. What are you going to do? Poor idiot opens his wallet. Right. Oh. I just see cash, I'm like, I'll have that. <laughs> Boom, in the car, right? Jump in, in the, next to me, boy. He's in the front. What do you want from McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mate, yeah. right. I'm off. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, John's returned from the toilet. I've got a beer in one hand. Situation. We've just had wars performing live, which is, John, this is a proper big show feel. Yes, mate. I've, I can tell it's a big show because I've got a beer in one hand and a cider in the other. How did you enjoy and a mic in the third hand? The pre-show battle royale. Very good. I wanted Spike Trevay to win, though. We're going to keep getting interrupted by music and listen to this crowd. Incredible choice of opening match. See Matt Riddle in his last ever independent matchup. It's gone very quiet all of a sudden. It's much better <laughs> when they're chanting, but everyone doesn't hear what we're doing. You're just very loud, Will. <laughs> Going up against Mark Haskins, who we spoke to beforehand. And the first thing to say is Jim's intro, a little bit emotional. The atmosphere in here is incredible. Jim's very emotional. And Jim said if he didn't have a microphone, he'd be getting emotional and crying. I think Jim was getting emotional. Oh, he was crying, on the borderline. Even though he had a microphone. Yeah, he was right on the borderline. Uh, Matt Riddle came in, came in, coming in, coming in, came in. Matt Riddle came in, kicked his flip-flops off, and he looks ready to beat someone up. <laughs> you are a disgrace. Shut up. <laughs> Opening match of the night over some amazing high spots in it as Mark Haskins. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, it's an cuddling. absolute classic. Matt Riddle putting Mark Haskins over in his last ever match in independent wrestling. Well, certainly for the meantime, at least. So as you can hear, the volume in Wembley makes it clear that we're not going to be able to do what we'd hope to do. So let's just uh, record a review at the interval, shall we? Yeah, done. Hi, Jim. All right. I'm a little bit giddy. Well, we're four matches and about eight beers into Progress Hello Wembley. We did want to do a recording legitimately after every single match, but there's too, a too much happening, too much going on. The sound system is amazing. It's better than any gig I've ever been to at Wembley. John keeps being really, ups really kind of umming and ahhing over whether or not he's going to go and invite Isla Dawn to join us on the podcast or I not. I don't think I'm allowed to. I'm trying to catch her eye now, but she ain't looking. She's deep in Twitter. Let's go and sit next to them and record and see what happens. No, um, that's the creepiest thing you've ever said. That's almost as creepy as when Camera Alley followed Isla Dawn to the toilet. Uh, <laughs> right, first half of the show. We talked about it initially, but we kicked off things with Matt Riddle going up against uh, going oh. up against Mark Haskins. And Mark Haskins, genuinely, between the Jay Lethal Ring of Honor match, between his match with Tyler Bate to decide whether or not he'd main event here, his run back in singles now 
after breaking up the Havoc Haskins thing, yeah. has been right up there with back when he was Progress Champion. And I, I mean, we heard from him earlier in the show, but I think he is at a point now where he's got real breakout star potential again at this kind of late stage of his career. Not late stage. I don't want to say late stage. <laughs> he's that not old, Will. No, no, he's, um, he's putting some good performances, and I'm really, I'm really enjoying watching him at the moment in singles, at least. Really, really impressed with the overall performance. Matt Riddle gets an amazing reaction from the crowd. I think he's going to, honestly, tear stuff up in WWE. Of course he is. I hope they let him not wear shoes. I've seen in some of his like matches he's had so far in NXT, he's not wearing shoes, so I'm happy they've let him do that. Oh, and when you were hanging out at the performance center I wasn't him, hanging out with him, no. I'm interested to know whether they'll still let him smoke a doobie. I think they might. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they might, might, yeah. Um, second matchup, we had the women's title match. Tony Storm, Millie McKenzie, Ginny. Now, we need to start off with the very simple fact that it was a great match on its own. Triple threat, really well put together, really a kind of nice set pieces. Ginny playing the heel character really well. Millie and Tony pairing up, then fighting each other. All of that was working nicely. Yeah, it was. We then got Candy Floss and, more importantly, Laura Di Matteo come out to ringside to stop House of Couture from getting involved in the match. And then, out of nowhere, as House of Couture looked like they're going to get involved, as we look like we're going to get a screwy triple fet finish, yeah. it happens. Whoa, but it, it wasn't what we were expecting. Laura Di Matteo heel turn. And honestly, I popped hard and I thought I was going to pop for anything all night. I am a big, big Laura Di Matteo fan. I think she's amazing. Huge, huge fan. And I don't know whether she's now joined House of Couture. Well, I don't know how they're going to so. run this. Five people in House of Couture, though. Does seem excessive. Seems overstaffed. <laughs> Just for selling some underwear. Um, the point is, is that I think that we are seeing really, first of all, really good longer term storytelling again from Progress. But particularly in the women's division where we're, there's not a huge amount of action tonight, just the one match. I'm disappointed about that. I've eight matches. I'd have liked to have seen at least two women's matches. Come on. But or a pre-show. With the match they've Why done. Why is Isla Dawn sitting here getting pissed? Why isn't she going up against right. Killer Kelly? If she's not coming on the show, we need to stop talking about her. Who? Exactly. And then after the Laura Di Matteo heel turn, she gets in her finisher, she ends the match, drags Ginny over, puts her on for the pin, Ginny retains. Out of nowhere, Jordan Grace, one of the breakout stars from All In Weekend after her performance in the Battle Royale. A, an absolute darling on the American indie scene. Huge on the US indie scene. Just out of nowhere, comes out, gets involved, clears the ring, and it was Beastly. honestly fantastic. Beastly. She's only 22 as well. She, she cleared up, mate. I'm mean, really intrigued to see how they take this forward in progress and how they advance the Jordan. Are they going to keep bringing Jordan Grace over? Is she becoming a, a main roster star? How are they doing this? But Are they doing that because they're potentially losing some US, uh, some women from the roster to NXT full time who knows who knows Tony who Storm knows? I like that headlining evolution or whatever it is not headlining but May Young Classic final at least a match that we've avoided talking about for a long time due to spoiler alerts now John has just revealed who's fighting in that match well done John <laughs> you can cut it out Doug Williams and Trent Seven Trent Seven's hair majestic Doug Williams the greatest crowd response, the great level of respect. What I didn't like was John didn't stand up for the standing ovation. I did at the for end. For a solid, in the end, exactly. I've got a bad knee. 
It's, we met Tax Williams earlier, who we've had on the show before, and he's invited us down to train with him still, and I've still got a bad knee. And then I said, oh, I can't do it, Tax. I've got a bad knee. He went, I'm having an MRA tomorrow on my spine. I was MRI. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And he, um, <laughs> this is awful. He had an, he's having an MRA tomorrow. MRI tomorrow. And I felt like, you know, a bit of a knob. This is going out as is. Nothing <laughs> is being edited <laughs> no, or isn't. changed. Nothing is changed. So Doug Williams, Trent Seven. First of all, great classic big man match. Really good back and forth. Really impressed with both men. I thought Trent Seven sold brilliantly. They brought in a few of the comedy angles, which I thought was excellent. I like that. They, they were willing to play up to the crowd a bit, throw in some of the old style British camp wrestling to it. But down the stretch, it turned into a legitimately excellent match. Yeah, I will talk about that in a yeah, moment. There's What's something going, going on, on that we've got to talk about. It's yeah. very funny. It was a lovely match, and it was a very fitting way for Doug Williams to end his, his amazing career. Doug Williams lands the finisher for a third time in the match. Trip seven kicks out, gets the splash, gets the win. Doug Williams retires, and the entire roster come out to the stage to greet Doug Williams as he leaves the ring, hug him, give him the respect that he deserves for what he's done for British wrestling. If there is one person we get on this show in the next six to 12 months, it absolutely, legitimately has to be Doug Williams. And what a fitting tribute that Skunk and Nancy is playing over the tannoy as we talk about Doug Williams. What a, what a great way to talk about the end of his career. Should I just do this on my own? No! You're a disgrace. No, I, I loved it. It was a very touching moment for everyone involved. And the roster came out at the end and clapped him off. That was cool. I got genuinely emotional about that. I know, I saw you. Yeah, I, I mean, not much else to say about Doug Williams. This, none of this... The five, six thousand people crammed in here. The young wrestlers. I mean, Walter told us that when he was ever booked for WXW, he'd drive a whole carload of young yeah. British wrestlers out there. In the last decade, he's done more for British wrestling than anyone else involved here. And I'm sure and that will carry on as well. Amazing. Absolutely amazing to see how that all finished. I so. heard a rumour that he's going to start a wrestling school in Reading. I saw a tweet about it. I don't know whether so he said this. So the fine people of Winnish, Wokingham, yeah. Early. Yately? Is that a place? Yeah. Yately? Is it? John was telling me he was Beard's at a wedding caught. at the weekend. <laughs> Met some people from Reading and decided that he was going to... Straight-faced. Straight-faced, pretend like he knew all about it. I will absolutely watch your bag, not a problem. That's all going on the show as well. Well done, thank you. Um, but that would be, really no be really nice for him as well, to keep going, keep his legacy going in the form of training people as well. So what's currently happening at ringside is that they are having to peel off a second mat that went on top of the progress mat with also a layer of plastic on it as well and slowly cram it into a bin because it is covered in blood, in white paint, in thumbtacks, in everything you can imagine because Paul Robinson and Jimmy effing Havoc just had an absolute war in the middle of that ring. I imagine they're literally just going to throw that bin and put it out on the back of Wembley and let the bin man take it tomorrow morning because there's no need for it anymore. It's I destroyed. Just, that was... Uh, I mean, not up there with the Osprey Havoc match in terms of drama. No, no, no. In terms of brutality. I talked about the fact we were going to see light tubes. We saw light tubes kicked onto backs. We saw light tubes overhead. We saw frying pans. We saw ironing boards. We saw doors. We saw... Red chairs, we saw just every thumbtacks, obviously. We saw a specifically white um, axe. Jimmy Havoc came out in complete white body paint with just black paint under his eyes. And funnily enough, white 
really shows up the blood. Does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and we saw it. There are many people who aren't a fan of deathmatch wrestling, and I can kind of understand why. I know it's not for everyone, but if you're going to see finer exponents of character-based deathmatch wrestling, I mean, Robbo never broke from character. The whole time was in the audience. He stared into your soul, didn't he, before when we chatted to him? You heard it earlier. And, I, and G- Will's, Will's ginger, and allegedly gingers have no soul. So it was Robbo found Will's soul and then stared it in the face. Terrifying. Honestly terrifying. Have you met Paul Robinson, man, sat next to me? Have you met him before? Honestly, one of the most terrifying human beings you're ever going to meet in your life. Jimmy Havoc, one of the most lovely men in the world, if you meet him when he's not wrestling. But Paul Robinson, I stood at the he front told of us press a story. Hey, well, the, 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 everyone will have heard the story already, unless I save it for here. Let's save it for here and play the Paul Robinson story in here. Oh, about how he nearly assaulted a 50-year-old man for clipping his wing mirror. So there you go, Paul Robinson never breaks from character. Um, I like the fact we're talking about a death match and Paul Robinson and Jimmy Havoc while there's adverts for Snow Patrol playing here at the Wembley (laughs) Arena. It's a a weird juxtaposition of styles. Beck fans will recognise the abrupt edit in the middle of this track, but that's fine. (laughs) Second half of the show is coming up, I can't wait, Will. Who's who's doing their thing in the second half of the show? So we've got the match with just had the best build of any match on the card. Mark Andrews. Eddie Dennis, TLC, that's going to be incredible. The teacher versus the rocker. Ilya Dragunov going up against Pete Dunne in the match of Europe, in the Brexit match. I think we can officially call it that from right, now good, on. Right, good, good. We're going to have the Tag they Team They win the Michael Bastards. Gove trophy, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Tag Team Thunderbastards yeah. and the main event, Volta, friend of the show, against Tyler Bay. Not a friend of the show yet. Promises to be. He will. A very, very special. Now, any predictions for any surprises, any shocks in the second half? Uh, well, no, I've already I've already switched from uh, lager to cider, so that's the surprises done with. No, no, honestly, I don't think there's going to be surprises. I think we're just going to see some great wrestling. Right, Who we are we be... saying for the Thunder Bastard? You said... Uh, Aussie Aussie Open Open, and I said Sexy Star so that would be interesting to see either of those I'd be absolutely happy with I think Pete beats Ilya because we're in London at Wembley I'll give you a prediction we won't have the balls to speak to Killer Kelly and Isla Dawn I think that prediction is bang on the money Uh, alright so (laughs) the show (laughs) Progress Wembley just finished we are currently stood outside Wembley Arena uh, in the background and I mean wow the show has legitimately gone an hour over time. But I'm fine with that. Uh, you're I'm fine with that because you that. spent a good 20 minutes chatting to Isla Dawn. Let's talk about that first and foremost. So I wasn't allowed to chat to Isla Dawn on, on the podcast. That has to go through WWE management. Fine. However, I did chat to Isla Dawn for a good while. We talked about all kinds of stuff, mainly Dennis. I chatted to Isla Dawn for a while. Um, she was great. None of this is going to make the video, but some of the rest of it will. Um, look, we had four matches in the second half. Oh, all of them were incredible. And it was... I mean, we've gone an hour over time, like I said, and it has been one of... No, the best progress show they've ever yeah, put on. Yeah, absolutely. By and a mile. It's probably, yeah. one of the best shows, probably the best show I've seen in the UK. Uh, 100%. I, the only shows that come close to that are NXT TakeOver shows. It went for five-plus hours with eight matches... And it never felt long once. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Might have been thanks to Boomers, but other than that, great. Just under 5,000 people there. Travis Bank comes out to start the second half. Banks <laughs> comes out to start the second half, not Travis Bank. 
uh, announces Super Strong Style 16 that he's going to be taking part in it. That's going to be That's going to be back at Ali Pali next year, where we did our first ever recording together. Absolutely. That was so. really, yeah, Alexandra Palace from the 4th to the 6th of May. So that's good. That's back. How <laughs> did you remember that? That photographic all the things. memory of progress graphics. Tickets come out 22nd of October. I thought it was the 19th. 22nd. 22nd of October for tickets. Monday. Yeah. 19th is Friday. My birthday. So, first matchup was the tag team Thunder, Thunder Bastard, Bastard, which was a tag team just clusterfuck. So, yeah, but you said that as if that's a negative. No, you said that's that probably why this show went an hour over, because it was just nuts. There was just tag teams coming out of everywhere. So it started off with Sexy Star and Flamita and Bandido, who were so over with the crowd like unbelievably so be big stars, those guys, uh, yeah. Mills and May who come in and I've got I've got the list of the order they were eliminated in who they were eliminated by because I thought for the podcast that'd be really good if I have that yeah, written down and go sense, through it yeah. Mills and May who eliminated, by, eliminated while CCK were entering Grizzled Young vet, Veterans Mills and um, would you say that Mills Connor Mills did a really great Hunter Hurricane Rama <laughs> Hurricane Rana over the ropes to one of Bandito and Flamito I don't know which one it was Bandito whatever so, I mean, some of the other spots that came up in that match, 198 came in and did, were oh, massively. Um, Isla Dawn going against the, uh, the anti-GYV chants, and mainly the anti-Scouse chants. Yeah. The anti-Zach Gibson chants. She was loving it. She's loving Zach Gibson. Sitting down when people said stand up and the vice versa, why is the opposite? Uh, the 198, the, um, the package pile driver for the elimination against anti-fun police was unbelievable in Dirty. fact there were a couple of spots with the anti-fun police the uh, Los Federales diving spot yeah. was one of the best things one I've of the biggest men now you think war, you think war raiders are they called war raiders yep. yeah you think war raiders are high flying for big guys you watch this on demand progress then bandido had that spot in the corner off that into the launch Oy. the whole tag match was like high spot crazy and it all felt a little bit kind of young bucksy but that's fine i'm happy it was with great. that, that it was, was honestly fantastic uh the calamari thatch kings how do you feel about that i'm not too sure what i think about that you told me you loved it earlier cc camp uh, eliminated by aussie open there was a nice super king spot uh, i have that on here um uh, the roberts ball shot and then 198 using the helmet to eliminate uh, Bandido. Helmet on helmet. Uh, and then at the end, Mark Davis legitimately looked hurt. He was, fact, I think he was legitimately hurt. When it was Mark Davis, when it was just Aussie Open and Grizzly Young vet, Veterans left first, I want to highlight one thing for when people watch it back on Demand Progress. When Mark Fletcher spits his gum shield, no, Mark Davis spits his gum shield at Carl Fletcher, it's one of the greatest moments of tag wrestling we I've mean business I'm going to spit a small piece of moulded plastic at you fantastic absolutely fantastic get the tables Mark Davis gets legitimately injured I think he was legitimately injured Hans yeah. was sending people backstage there were people running out with ice packs and towels yeah. and all sorts still gets in still hits the spot Aussie Open win Willie Gaff predicted it come on my, uh, my prediction of sexy star I think went out third third Third. Awful. Don't Correct. let me. Uh, Will's the greatest fantasy booker ever. Don't don't let me book anything ever. <laughs> Terrible. So well, three more matches on the Ilya Dragunov versus Pete, Pete Dunn. Dunn. Just unbelievable. Huge package to intro this. The, the build up with uh, Jacoby coming out for the last few weeks. I say weeks, months. And uh, and a match that kind of lived up to the hype. Really, they went for close to half an hour, and yeah. it was one of those where sometimes when you get those fantasy bookings, when you get Nakamura Styles in WWE, yeah, when you get like never comes close. Dragon off against Pete Dunne was unbelievable. Great match. I, I'm, I'm 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 wondering whether Pete Dunne is being turned face so that he could potentially face Zach Gibson in WWE. We heard it early from Glenn though. 
Pete Dunne's never stopped being a dick. He's never stopped he being that guy. That. He, he is that. he is the stone cold of British wrestling. And for as much as I'm going to wax lyrical about Tyler Bate and Ty- and Walter coming up shortly, Pete Dunne is the British wrestler right now. And I think there's an argument from being top two, top three in the world right now. Tyler Bate isn't far behind. And I was no. watching Tyler Bate tonight. And again, we'll get on to that in a minute. And thinking, you know what? Tyler Bate is what? 20 years old still? 21? He is the future of wrestling from the UK. And Pete's only 24. And you heard on our podcast last week that AJ Styles called Pete, uh, called Pete a jerk for being 24 years old. <laughs> and you can see why. You can see why these people in their early I mean, 40s are like going, hang on a minute. There's this guy from, guys from Birmingham showing us up around. I'm about to turn 34 and Tax Williams calling me out while we were out in the press room so that we'd go and actually train with them. Uh, I think he's a jerk for only being 24. Is he 24? 20, no, not Tax Williams. I was going to say. Pete Dunn. <laughs> he did look 24. So, Pete Dunn, overly a dragon off. Brilliant. Absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we're going to get those two again in the future. Probably. Maybe in WXW when they do a big show, or maybe just, I mean, who knows. They're going to play an away leg, aren't they? Then uh, we had Eddie, Mark Andrews, Eddie, Eddie, effing Eddie Dennis. Eddie, Dennis. Um, why do tables hate Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis? In fact, I'm going to read you something. There were five table spots in this match. Yeah. And it wasn't until the table spot off a 15-foot ladder until the table finally broke. The four prior to that, the table did not break once. And after the match, as you know, we've had Eddie Dennis on the show before, and a friend of the show, and I I messaged him. And do you know what? It was a bit gushing. I'd had a few drinks. I was a huge fan. And I just said to him, Eddie, that was legitimately incredible. Because it was legitimately incredible. Yeah, it was very, very good. I One of the best matches of tonight we've seen. A wonderful payoff to a year of story. You and Mark absolutely killed it. Congratulations, mate. You deserve it. And he just replied, thanks, man. Fuck tables. Tables don't break in the UK. These tables, they need to go to Ikea. They've gone to, like, Dunelm or somewhere. Do they sell tables? I don't know. <laughs> but there was... They've gone somewhere that's too good. They've gone to Warren Evans. The two of them for their tables. Told. Solid oak. <laughs> the two of them told an incredible story. They, they built it brilliantly. The high spots were fantastic. It absolutely paid off the year of build-up and, and deservedly paid off. And at the end of that match, I was looking at my watch going, um, it's already 25 past eight, yeah. nearly half eight. Yeah. We are approaching. The bars in the arena shut. Yeah, <laughs> literally shut down. They're like, these guys do not need any more beer. They turned one of the women's toilets into a men's toilet by covering up the women's signs with paper and then putting a big poster on the front that said male big toilet. Big aubergine. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, what they yeah. did is they splattered water around the toilet so that everyone thought it was the men's toilets. Very good. So Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis absolutely oh, deserve yeah. And that might have been my match of the night, or at least it was. It was until... Volta. You love Volta. <laughs> I love Volta. Volta, Tyler Bate wearing some gold spangly pants. The They're reaction for these two coming out was phenomenal. The pop for Tyler Bate, the reaction from the crowd, and we had the uh, Pete and, and Trent coming out as well was fantastic. And then Volta comes out with two violinists playing his theme, like full-on Nakamura and NXT. It was unbelievable how much of a pop that got and how brilliant yeah, that was. That really was. He came out, big build-up, and they went for nearly 35 minutes, which when you consider Tyler Bate is... Half the size and a third of the weight of Volta <laughs> is unbelievable. It was very, very good. And it was, I, I predicted on the podcast last week that Tyler Bate would pick Walter up at some point and spin him round. He did that. He did it twice. The only prediction I got right this whole night. He did yeah, it he twice. Did it. He did slams out of the corner. He did uh, superplexes. He did, like, Tyler Bate, when you were talking a moment ago about him being not far behind Pete, 
if you didn't think Tyler Bate was already a superstar, watch Walter against oh. Tyler Bate from Wembley because it is a superstar-making performance. Absolutely. It is the one that absolutely turns him from... Yeah, he's obviously a brilliant worker, but most of the best stuff we've seen is him in a tag match. Yeah, that's very true. Into... And now the match wow. with Haskins and the match with Volta today. Oh, I forgot. The match with Haskins was unbelievable. And then this match the chubbies, with Volta. The chubbies have come out again. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, I forgot. Your chubby's just gone down from that. And that was like six weeks ago. Uh, and, and then, and then at the end... hard for the next six then, weeks at least. <laughs> the end, Volta playing the, uh, the progress title belt like a violin, which was... Perfect end, really, and um, it's just you know, just amazing day. The match was near fall after near fall after brilliant spot. When Tyler finally hit the Tyler driver after like 25, 26 minutes, after he had been slapped about, after he'd been chopped all over the place, after he'd been th- thrown out of the ring several times, after he tried suicide dives, after he tried flips and been caught every time and slammed into the floor, after he'd just been absolutely brutalized by Walter hitting the Tyler driver, and then the crowd reaction to that near fall I've never seen a crowd more into a near fall more believe that that was the moment that a title was going to change hands and that's the drama that you need in the main event it was amazing not messing around Glenn Jim John yeah I'm so I'm I'm very I'm so pleased for them because uh, they've obviously worked very hard you know Jim's given up one career to do another career let's face it so's Glenn as well I don't know too much about John I chatted to John once and he was a lovely man but John's just nice Uh, and they've all given up all this you know to to, to live their dream with as, as Jim always says their small company sold nearly 5,000 tickets at Wembley Arena so very happy for them very that happy. was definitely the best non-NXT wrestling show I've watched in a long time me too and it might be the best wrestling live wrestling show if you talk top to tail quality of every single match I think it might be the best I've seen yeah. maybe ever I think Am so. Am I throwing some hyperbole around no, there? I think so. I think so. How would you say it rates to All In, having not been at All In, but watch it on telly? I cannot wait for this to be on demand so I can watch and see what it's like on demand and see if it gets the same good. feels deep in my soul that I got when I was here live. Uh, but I think it, this is the, I, the All In comparison. I, I said it to Rob earlier and I felt like he thought I was trying to slag off All In or something. But this was the British equivalent. Okay, it was half the crowd in terms of size, but yeah. to do it with all British talent, with no international attractions, to do it a venue like Wembley Arena if they don't come back here next year and do something bigger and even more extravagant I'd be stunned yeah absolutely it's going to happen it's going to happen but all in all what a great day what a great day we've had a great time I've now got to watch NFL and do some live radio. I'm going to go get some food, but um, thank you very much for keep keeping up with us on this uh, podcast. Uh, at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter. Yeah, if you were at the show, let us know what you think. Rate, review, all of that stuff on iTunes. Sorry, the people who did tweet us about going for a beer. I'm really sorry. We did meet a couple of guys for a beer, but we had to go in and do the press beforehand to get it for the podcast. We're busy, guys. What can but let's, say? let's sort out for the next like big British show. If people yeah, are coming to Pro Wrestle, tweet us and we'll do some show kind of meetup. Meet if not, a live show maybe at some yeah, point. Yeah, why not? We'll fix it up. Sounds good. good. All right. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pro Wrestling. Tables suck.